Mindfulness Mode 524. The reason that so many people hate going into sales conversations when they're the salesperson is because they're going into that sales conversation with dollar signs in their eyes. Hey, Mindful Tribe, Bruce here. Thank you for tuning into Mindfulness Mode again. And it's awesome to be able to come into your ears, your earphones, or your home, wherever you're listening to this. And today, it's kind of an upbeat episode. I recorded this on March 21st. And I think it will be kind of a break for you from all of this COVID news and all this. It's kind of upbeat and fun. Jenny has lots of energy. And I just wish you all the best as you move through your lockdown, move through this time of... uh, of challenge really for a lot of us and maybe it isn't as challenging for you but sit back relax and enjoy today's episode mindful tribe guess what i'm here with a badass <laughs> i'm here with a dom she calls herself a dom like how do you like that i'm here with someone who is a dom in direct sales So that's kind of cool, but she's mindful. She's a mindful dom and she's she's just a great person. She's so much fun to talk to. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation just as much as I do. I'm here with Jenny Bellinger. Hey, Jenny, are you in mindfulness mode today? I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Working on it. Well, I was a little nervous, I have to say, because I just just a second ago got an email from Jenny and she said, did you send me your Zoom link? And I'm like, ah, I'm kind of shaking. This is a, this is a dom. This is a badass. <laughs> and no, actually, no yes, worries. I did send the email, but, uh, but it's just kind of funny because I have to tell you that I don't see you as uh, like a dom, get out of the way, badass kind of <laughs> aggressive person. I see you as a very fun, nice a uh, person who's very, very good in your space, very oh, good well, at what you, you do. But you. Now, now, just the way you said thank you. See, you've got a softness to you that oh, I yeah. don't associate with a badass. So we're going to be talking about that. But Mindful <laughs> Tribe, I want to tell you a little bit more about Jenny before we move on. Jenny Bellinger is a certified professional coach. And man, is she good at it. She's known as, like I said, the direct sales dom. Her mission is to guide aspiring direct sales leaders in growing personal sales through focus, motivation, and accountability. Now, this lady is trained in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, which is awesome. And she uses these techniques to help her clients transform their mindsets so they can start using a new language to become more positive and forward moving. And I'm sure that new language is language they're using with themselves in their own minds, as well as with other people. So this is cool. She's also the host of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery podcast. So I'll say it slower so that you can check it out later. Badass Direct Sales Mastery. And she helps rock star direct sales moms whip their business into shape. So this is very cool to get a chance to talk to you. So what does mindfulness mean to you anyway, Jenny? Uh, For me, it's about being in the present, being in the now, um, focusing on what's in front of you instead of what's happened in the past or, you know, really looking too far into the future. 
So that's that's awesome. So what's all this badass stuff? Have you always <laughs> been a badass? Like, are you really a badass or is this a cover? I want to know. Well, here's the thing. It's it, as my as my coach, Scott Conway, says, um, we all have facet truths, right? And we have different aspects to ourselves. And so when I'm in business mode, when I'm working with my clients, I am super hyper-focused on them and also uh, helping them, holding them accountable. And I, and I do so in a loving way, not in a way that makes them feel bad, um, because that's not the point. Any, you know, anybody who knows anything about uh, the BDSM world knows that there are different types of doms and dom, uh, and I fall into the lady dom okay. <laughs> uh, characterization. So somebody who lovingly takes care of the people that she's working with. That makes sense. So is it kind of like an alter ego? Um, ish. I mean, it's, it's certainly a part of who I am. Cause I, you know, if you look at personality assessments, I am definitely, um, I, I, I trend towards the disc just because that's the one I know the best. Um, I am a high I high D meaning. So I am a party girl, but I like to get stuff done. Okay. Like very, those are, those are, I mean, they're almost neck and neck in terms of, you know, where, my who I am. So you get um, you get that you do that with your daughters as well. Your two daughters are you that kind of mom? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like get out of the way. If you didn't do Lucky. what I told you to, you're in trouble. Do it. <laughs> well, it, not so much. No, because again, it that that type of parenting doesn't work for my kids. It's it's very much like, hey, you said you were going to do this. You haven't done it yet. Is that the kind of person you want to be? Someone who doesn't do the things you say you want you you are going to do? And they're like, no. <laughs> okay. It, you know, it's the whole. I'm disappointed in you because I you said you were going to do it and you didn't do it, and I'm I expected more of you, and they just okay. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it's yeah. it's the it's the holding them to what they said they were going to do. So you have your ways of making things happen. Yeah. Which, yeah, we all do. We all figure it out, you know, and I agree with you. I don't think it works when you're trying to force kids to do something. That's no. the one thing that absolutely hardly ever works. And, oh, if it, yeah. and if it works in the moment, then later on, I think they have a lot of resentment, which doesn't, oh. that's no good for anybody. Yeah. I think trying to get force anyone to do anything doesn't work regardless of age. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. and and so that's why as a coach, I pretty much am always mindful of what my clients have said they wanted out of the coaching sessions and saying, OK, so, um, you know, my goal is, you know, for them, it might be learning how to be a better salesperson. It might be learning how to be um, a better sponsor. So how to bring people into the business in a way that's not recruiting, but sponsoring, because there's a big difference between the two. And that it really is a mindset issue. People who recruit, bring people on, bring people on, bring people on. They don't necessarily give them the full support. Sponsors, on the other hand, bring people onto their team and support them. And that's the beginning of the leadership portion as well. So some of my clients come on because they need help with with leadership, how to become a great leader. So you just aced it in this direct sales space in 2010 when you started. Is because of your personality, you think, because of all those traits we've been talking about? 
Um, it, it was a, it, it was a perfect storm of a lot of different factors that, that helped me do uh, well. Now I, I am going to caveat that with the fact that I did not do everything perfectly every single time in my direct sales business. I did have screw ups. I messed things up with client, with customers. Sometimes I messed things up with hostesses. Sometimes I even messed things up with my team sometimes. But I think it's the fact that number one, I didn't let those uh, mistakes hold me back. Um, and it was really how I handled coming back from the mistakes. How do you make it right? And I think that's what's important in business it, or in business is the fact that, you know, we're all human. Mistakes yeah. are going to happen. So, it, you know, it's how do you handle that mistake? Do you, do you apologize? Do you make it right? And I think that was that, you know, so that's my caveat is I didn't do it all perfectly, but hopefully I can work with my clients and be able to say, Hey, learn from my mistakes. Don't Who is your that. biggest supporter during that time when you were finding your way? Um, it, it was really a pretty close tie between my mom and my husband at the time. Right. <laughs> so you're getting a lot of support from both. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely did not run that business on my own. Um, you know, and I couldn't have done it without the help from my husband at the time. He was uh, he was taking care of the kids when I was gone at parties. So, um, and, and what then was I your had, product? <clears throat> jewelry. Okay. Mm -hmm. jewelry. Like costume jewelry. Um, it ours was considered fine fashion jewelry, so it's a step up from the costume stuff. Um, but not what you would buy at a typical jewelry store, if that makes sense. So, so it's sort of halfway have, between. Yeah. So it it had real gold, real, you know, real silver kind of stuff. But you know, every company has their own <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh thing. But yeah, so I was working with jewelry, but um, you know, I think what made me successful in that business was the fact that I had a background in psychology. I had um, that's my degree. I have a bachelor's of a bachelor of uh, psychology. I had also been a teacher for for a period of time as well. So all of those things came together as, like I said, as the perfect storm. And I had a really great mentor, the person who brought me into the business. Um, she had been doing the business for thirteen years before she and I met, mm. and she was just she was a phenomenal leader who who developed other leaders. And that, that really, um, you know, I learned a lot from her as well. So she was also a, a really big supporter as well. She, she never had fear of people passing her up. Mm. She, she in fact encouraged it. And how long did you stay with that company, with that product? I was there for seven years. Okay. And now do you just do coaching for direct sales people or do you, are you involved directly in that business too? No, I I left my my team uh, in 2017. I left the my my business at that point in time uh, because my goal is to become ICF certified, um, which is International Coaching Federation. For those of you who don't know, and um, one of the code of ethics for the ICF is to avoid conflicts of interest. Well, if my clients are in direct sales and I'm in direct sales. That could be a conflict of interest if they're with a different company. You know, someone could say that, well, of course she's coaching someone in direct sales because if they're having a bad day, guess where she's going to try and 
recruit them to. She's going to try and bring them to her company. And I would never want that thought to ever be there for my clients to ever wonder if I'm going to try and pull them away from their company or try and do anything like that. So because first and foremost, my my clients are pro- my primary concern um, in my coaching practice. So you studied NLP. I want to know what mm-hmm. kind of mindfulness aspects you use in your coaching practice. And I'm sure NLP is a big one, but you tell us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So for those who don't know, NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, And if you literally break down NLP, N, neuro, is thoughts, linguistic, that's the language, programming are your behaviors. So I am, uh, as I'm in my coaching sessions with my clients, I'm I'm constantly listening to the words that they're using and... Um, listening for the behaviors that they're telling me that they're doing. Because obviously, uh, my clients are all over the US. I even have a couple in Canada. Um, they're all over the place. So I'm not there to see what they're doing. So they're they're sharing with me the behaviors they're exhibiting in their business. And I'm listening for those things because I work with them on, sh- uh, on shifting their language and shifting... As long as you can shift either a mindset, their language, or their behavior, the other two things will follow. It has to, because our our brains like to like to have um, you know alignment. They like to be in alignment. So whatever your thoughts are, whatever your language is, whatever your behaviors are, if they're out of alignment, you are having cognitive dissonance. And this is a problem. (laughs) And so how do you make the changes? How do you make the transitions? Well, it it depends on whether the person is more thoughtful, then we will go with a mindset shift. So we'll have a conversation around, you know, whatever it is that they're talking about. So oftentimes, probably the most common mindset shift I have with my clients is around um, their their mindset for sales. So we'll have a conversation because so many people um, are afraid to go into a sales conversation because they don't want to be seen as that guy. And I put that with air quotes around it, right? They don't Mm want to be seen as that smarmy, super smooth salesperson, right? Because nobody likes to be sold. But everybody likes to buy. Yes. So working with them on that mindset, well the reason that so many people hate going into sales conversations when they're the salesperson is because they're going into that sales conversation with dollar signs in their eyes. They're, the, all they are seeing is how much that person across from them might give back to them financially. Right. But if they go into the conversation with getting to know that person, getting to know their wants, needs, desires for their life, And then do you have a product or service that fulfills a need, want, or desire? If you do, great. Then have that conversation. But if this is somebody who doesn't have that want or need, then you don't try and sell them. Right? Right, You don't need to have that conversation. So if you're always putting the other person's best interest at heart, and then you go, oh, well... (laughs) my essential oils will be great for her. Fabulous. Then have that conversation. But if she's somebody who does not believe in essential oils, then 
trying to convince her otherwise, as my um, as my mentor used to say, what are the first three letters of convince? Mm, con. <laughs> con. So if you're trying to convince somebody, that's how they feel. They feel right. conned. They don't yeah. like it. So if you can, if you can really shift that mindset around sales to to be, I'm gonna do what's best for them. And some and keep in mind, sometimes your product or service isn't what's best for them. And sure. be okay with that. We don't want to sell to everybody. We don't want to because you're you, what you want to do is you want to get in with the people who are going to become your raving loyal fans. Those are the people who refer you. Those are the people who are going to buy from you time and again. Tell me about a raving fan of yours who is a coaching client that you've been able to transform their language. Oh, yes. Okay. So um, I'm going to change names to protect the innocent. Sure. <laughs> um, so I work with a client named Julie and she is with a skincare company and she and I have been working together for, oh gosh, on and off probably two years now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has been a major mindset shift for her and which also then eventually changed her behavior, which is what gave her the result that she's super excited about, is she she was a very slow sponsor in the in up until this year, up until 2020, she had only sponsored two people onto her team. And in February, she sponsored 10. Wow. Something shifted in the way right. she was thinking about things. And then it changed her behavior. And she went from 2 to 10. She 5x in one month her sponsorship. And, and really, she said, it was when I made it all about them instead of making it about me. How much money was I going to make? And just said, how can I help you? How can, because, you know, it, it was how she ended up bringing them into the business was because these many of them had been longtime customers of hers. And she said, this whole time you've been referring people to me, you've been purchasing the product, you could have been getting a discount on the product and all the people you referred to me, you could be getting paid on and you could have earned your product for free by now. And it, and, and the big key she picked up the phone. She didn't do it through Facebook message. She didn't do it through um, email, text message, anything like that. She picked up the phone and actually did the old-fashioned phone call. And that worked for her. Yeah. And it's it still really working did. for her, I assume. Absolutely. I mean, she's in a position now where she's got a team of 12 because she wow. had her two previous plus the 10 she brought on. And it has just absolutely transformed her, her business. That's fantastic. And that must make you feel really satisfied as well. I, yeah, I, I definitely, when my clients have moments like that, I, I do the happy dance as much for them <laughs> as if it had happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that explains why you like coaching so much because you really, you really, pour yourself into it, don't you, Jenny? Absolutely. Yeah. It's when I, I can really only coach three or four clients in a day, which is only 
four hours or well, I should say I can really only do three or four sessions in a day because anytime I've tried to do more than that, I come out mentally and physically exhausted. (laughs) And you always do one-on-one coaching? Uh, No, I do. The reason I changed the number from three to four clients up to three to four sessions is because I do have group coaching sessions as well. Oh, you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see. Yep. So, you know, and there there are benefits uh, to having group coaching because then there are other people involved who have been coaching with me long enough that they also start listening for those words that people say, like, I have to do this. And and even before I have the opportunity to jump in, my clients are going, no, 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 you get to do that. (laughs) Right. So I know you can be found at Badass Direct Sales Mastery on Facebook, and that's one of the best places to connect with you, Jenny. But as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you about the topic of bullying, because I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time. And uh, as a coach, you may have experienced some you know, situations or maybe as a kid or in your teen years or whatever. Do you have a story about bullying where you know, mindfulness would have made a difference? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Bullying doesn't stop in school. I actually uh, I actually was bullied in a professional setting two years ago. Oh, wow. Um, had somebody who was very um, threatened by my presence in a particular group and basically online bullied me for about six months before I finally put a stop to it. Mindfulness really did help because <laughs> every time this person would say or do something, I, you know, would basically just put my phone down and walk away because I was like if I respond in this moment right now, I'm going to burn a bridge, create more drama, make it worse than it really is at the moment. I will come back and respond to this once I have centered yeah. myself. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, and so it was something that that eventually um took a while but made it through and interestingly enough at the end of it, you know, I think I feel really sorry for that person that they feel that they have to do that because I found out later that, that I wasn't the only person that it was happening to. Mm. So it's really unfortunate that there are still grown-ups who feel that they need to do that. But, you know, um, I, I think we've all heard it and you've probably said it before in, in your um, bullying conversations, hurt people hurt people. Yes. And Absolutely. so, you know, I just put myself in a place where if this person felt the need to say the things that they said, do the things that they did what pain they must be feeling inside. Yeah. And what insecurities and what fears. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You're right on with that. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that story. Yeah. That must've been, must've been frustrating, but you know, most people who are successful with an online business of any kind experience that, don't we? Mm, Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we weren't even in competition for the same client or anything. There, there was no reason for any of it, which made me believe that it was just a personality thing and had nothing to do with, with business. I remember when I was doing uh, a lot more anti-bullying presentations and, you know, I was fully engaged in anti-bullying work and a student at one of the schools I'd been to uh, committed suicide, which was terribly mm. sad. and. Uh, 
there was a, a Facebook, um, you know, a Facebook, uh, stream of messages. And I put something on there about how sorry I felt about this and, you know, so on. And someone went on and absolutely trashed me and said, the only reason I had made a comment was because I wanted more work in the anti-bullying industry and all this stuff. I was like horrified at the time, you know, mm. because they, they just were so mean and so cruel. But in retrospect, retrospect, it was probably just they were hurting so much and had so much insecurity and pain and they had to take it out on somebody. So it happened to be me at the time, you know. Yeah. And another thing I've learned in situations like that is that people who react that way, react that way because that would have been the mindset they would have had if they were in your position. Yes. Yes, right? exactly. So if yes. they were somebody who was working in anti-bullying, what would they have done? They would have gone on and done this to say, hey, this school totally needs my services, blah, blah, blah. Right. Right? And, yeah. That, and, and so because people assume about others what they know about themselves because we know ourselves the best. So whatever we assume about others is what we know about ourselves. So true and so wise. That's probably exactly right. Of course, the thought never even crossed my mind, you know, right. that, you know, I wanted to get more business or wanted to go back to another school or whatever it was, you know. No, but, a wow. young human life was lost. Yeah, exactly. That's heart-wrenching. Oh, it was. It was very heart-wrenching. Well, it's cool that you do so much work to help so many people. I think that's just phenomenal. And you love it too, don't you? I really do. You know, it was really hard for me to leave my business in the drug sales jewelry business behind because I so loved my team. But once I really sat in what I, what did I want to do with my life? And my, my goal, my vision was I, I really believe in the direct sales model of doing business, of, of having it be there as something uh, to help people have a second stream of income that can become their primary if they do the work, if they really treat it like a business. And knowing that, I knew that I was not going to be able to make as much of an impact if I stayed where I was. I needed to get out and be out in front of more people who are in the direct sales world. So I left and I absolutely love it. I and love what I, what I do. What I love is that you are so specific. You know what you like, you go mm -hmm. for it, and you're very focused and grounded. What are your routines daily, like your morning routines that are related to mindfulness? Do you Can you share some of those with us? So I have a five-minute gratitude uh, guided meditation that I listen to while I drink my coffee in the morning as I... <laughs> Before the kids get up, it's my opportunity to start my day with gratitude because otherwise, you know, back before I used to do that, my day started with, you know, grumbling through my cup of coffee <laughs> instead of gratitude, the wrong GR. <laughs> so I do that. I also many nights also have a guided meditation that helps me fall asleep. Um, and that's just the psychology part of me because I intentionally conditioned my brain and my body that when I start hearing that, I'm asleep in two minutes or less. Wow. It's, it, it's amazing. But when you, when you 
incorporate all the senses. So I'll get the oil diffuser with the lavender oil going about half an hour. I dim all the lights. Like I'm doing all the things to tell my brain, tell my body that time to calm down, time to calm down. So as soon as I turn on my guided meditation for sleep, I'm out. I'm out. It's, it's wonderful. It, it really does help for a nice, deep, complete, relaxing sleep. I, I'm not thinking about... Because if you really, truly listen to what the person is saying and do what they say, you're not thinking about your day. You're not thinking about tomorrow. You're, you're in the moment, in your body, relaxing everything, and then off to the land of nod. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That really is. So yeah, yeah that, I would say that that's pretty much it. I mean, I grew up in the Air Force. So, you know, things really can change on a dime when you grow up in the military. Yes. So I was pretty much conditioned to just live in the now anyway. So yeah. I've always been much more present, I think, than most people. I mean, when I'm talking to someone, I'm talking to someone. I, I'm not looking around to see who else is here and who, who's the next person I'm going to talk to. I'm with them until the conversation's done. Right. And right now we're going through this coronavirus challenge. And mm -hmm. how has being in the military helped you with this? Oh, my gosh. Number one, the fact that, you know, we're being told what to do. Well, welcome to military life. <laughs> right. That's okay with you, right? Yeah, because you get told, all right, you're going to move to this Air Force base in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever. And I was just having this conversation with a client of mine who's a military wife. And she said, you know, I've even known people who their orders switched while they were in transit. Mm -hmm. So they were on their way to like Germany and their stuff was on the way to Germany. And then they ended up getting moved to Ohio. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, so life can literally change on a dime. And so those of us in the military are sitting here going, okay, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that that bit of fear that everyone's feeling right now is something that those of us in the military are also used to. Because if our family member was deployed, we had no idea if or when that person was coming home. Right. You know, and so we've we've learned to live in with that little bit of, um, you know, fear that that could happen. But we also know that we're going to be okay. You know, we know that we know that we have a family around us who's going to take care of us if anything happened. Because the military, it doesn't matter which base, which post. Um, where you are, the military takes care of each other. They really do because we all know that your your extended family lives elsewhere. And so, you know, it, having grown up in the military it definitely prepared me for this. It's, you don't know what the future is going to bring. You know, right now, a lot of people, their biggest fear is they're like, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I'm like, I don't know. But guess what? I didn't have a crystal ball six months ago, six years ago. I didn't know back then either. I don't know why y'all are freaking out. Yeah, I think it's going to change the way a lot of us think. I, I think so. I think a lot of people who didn't grow up in the military or become accustomed to military life operate under the illusion that they can predict what's going to happen in the future. Right. And they, they, they have this idea that they have total control. They can go out and buy whatever they want, anytime they want, and have all, all of the amenities that they want to have in right. their home. And so that's why it's such a panic when they suddenly think, well, maybe that won't be what I can do next week. 
Right, exactly. So, you know, those of us in the military, we've always known life is going to change. Like life is change. <laughs> so yeah. um, we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen. We could go to war at whatever time, you know, because yes. military. Um, it, so it just really, for me, it's like not much has changed me- mentally just because I couldn't predict the future before. So I can't predict the future now. I don't see what's different. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> the thing I is... Uh, yeah, except that I wasn't operating under the belief that I knew what was going to happen. Of course, there's things that I hoped was going to happen. There were things that I was working towards happening, but I couldn't yeah. predict it. So I wasn't attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many of us are attached to our identity. We are the car we drive, the house we live in, the possessions we have, the food we eat. And if we have all of these attachments that we think that is who we are, then it's the scariest thing in the world to think, oh, I might not have that car or that house or that food or whatever it is, right? Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think, and and even in this, in, in this, you know, time, it's not just the things people are attached to, it's the ideas that people are attached to. And it's like, if you can shift your mental to understand that, look, life is change. There's going to be change. And 90% of life is how you react to it. 10% is what's actually going on. So people who are freaking out and, and you know, just going into panic mode, I, I empathize with you. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I don't want people to feel that way. But no one else can change that, that feeling except for you. Yeah. So really beginning to say, you know, sit in with that feeling and go, okay, where, where is it coming from? Why do I feel this way? How does it serve me? Is the panic serving me? If it's not serving me, then what can I do instead? If you challenge that, challenge those thoughts to really think, okay, so what, what would be a better way to feel? You know, what would be the best possible outcome and, and shift in that direction? Because yeah. no one else can do it for you. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Wow, I love talking to you. I love talking oh, to you, Jenny. You're so I like wise. To you. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> no, no, it is really true. You're so wise. And if we all had that wisdom, then we would be calmly moving forward right now, doing what we have to do. And right. we are moving forward doing what we have to do, but it's not that calm. You know, right. it's like it's just it's kind of rough with a lot of people, as we can see. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I certainly had I come from the lifestyle that most non-military or civilians come from, I might probably be in that same place too. You know, what's the the phrase there, but by the grace of God, right? So I, you know, I was born into the military. So that that's all I, that's all I knew until I was 21 years old. Right. That was it. So I actually, I think it was 12 years old before I realized not everybody's in the military. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I thought everybody moved because everyone I knew was in the military and everybody moved. Like I just, that was my, my perception. And all of a sudden at 12, I realized, but wait, farmers can't move. Oh, oh my God. There's people who don't move. 
what? <laughs> and you must have felt sorry for them in a way, did you? <laughs> well, it, 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 you know, when you're 12, at that point, you're like, oh, I wonder what that's like. Yeah, be such a revelation. You know, because that's right. That's right at an age where kids are starting to really attach to their friends. They're really getting social. Um, their friends become more important than their family, as you, you know, you hear in middle school and high school. And so for me, that was like, oh man, I, I, I would never have to leave my friends again if we weren't in the military, you know? Mm -hmm. So as long as I focused on that, which I did during the move when I was 16 years old, um, or 15 years old, right before I turned 16. Um, so halfway through high school, I, I spent the first three weeks in that location um, that new location depressed. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm the only one who feels this way. No one else, like it doesn't, you know, this isn't hurting anybody else or whatever. And in that moment, I went, I, when I go to back to school, to this new school, nobody there knows me. I can be whoever I want to be. So who do I want to be? And I decided to be a more extroverted version of Jenny and made the commitment to myself that I was going to talk to one new person in every single class. And that's what I did for the first week. And so by wow. the end of the first week, I had 35 acquaintances. Cool. And that was elementary school, was it? High school. Well, that was high school. That okay. was in high school. So, you know, seven classes a day and yeah. five classes in the week. So by the end of the week, I, if I was talking to one new person and introducing myself to one new person... I had 35 new acquaintances that I didn't have at the beginning of the week when we started school. Oh, that's very cool. Jenny, if you could change one thing in your life right now, mm. what would it be? I don't know that I would change anything ah. because everything that has happened in my life led me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. And despite any of the less than positive things that have happened, they made me who I am. And I really love who I am right now. Oh, that's, <laughs> so... <laughs> that's awesome. If we could all say that, what a great world this would be. Well, and I, yeah, I think it's it's people understanding that, who, you know, and who I am right now is not who I'm going to be in a month. It's not who I am going to be in a year. It's, you know, but who I am right now, I, I'm growing you know, at 42, I feel more like myself than I ever have before. And I hope that continues, you know, as I continue to age that I'll continue to go, Oh my gosh, this is, yes, this is, who, this is me. This is who I'm supposed to be. And, you know, I, I've said for gosh, probably 10 years or more, I would never change anything because I keep, you know, growing and, and becoming and those negative things that happened to me served a purpose sucked, but I survived. I've, right, I've, you got through I, it. I've currently survived 100% of the bad days in my life. I've got a pretty good track rate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and anybody who's listening, you've got the same rate that I do. You have survived 100% of the bad days that have happened to you. That's true. That's a track record that people don't really focus on and they, yeah. oh yeah, I have survived. If you're here right now, you are a survivor. Yeah, you've made it. You've made it. So now you just get to pick how do you feel about it?
Yeah, Jenny, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you mm -hmm. five quick answer questions. And the first one is this. Right. So 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced you in your life as far as mindfulness is concerned? I'd have to say Jack Canfield got yeah. me in my head uh, about 13, no, not 13, eight, eight years ago or so with when I read one of his books. Yeah, he's very inspiring for sure. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Jenny? It definitely keeps things calmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't allow for freakoutedness. So things are fairly chill. Absolutely. So tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice, if it is. That is something that I am working on getting better at. So certainly most guided meditations include breathing, but I'm not doing enough of it when I'm not listening to guided meditation. <laughs> so you're still working on that one a bit. Still working on that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? I'm gonna, it, it's not technically mindfulness, but it really changed the way that I think about things. And that was, like I said, Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a I great book. I love that book. It totally changed the way I think and, and perceive things because it's applicable not just to business, but to personal life too. Oh, that's great. If you could recommend an app, any kind of app that could help with mindfulness, what would that be? My favorite is Insight. Oh, I love Insight it. Timer. Yeah. I, I love I, it. I-N-S-I-G-H-T. Insight Timer. I love that one because I, I there's so many different people on there, including you. I found you and I followed you. <laughs> yeah. But I have been using Insight Timer for about two years now. And that's the one that where I have my my favorited gratefulness, gratitude, morning meditation and my, my guided sleep meditation as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome app. Well, we can find you at Badass Direct Sales Mastery on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I know that. And of course, you do have a website. You have your you have your podcast and you can be found at badassdirectsalesmastery.com. And your podcast is great. It's so much fun because you're so authentic and direct and real that, well, that it's fun to point. listen to you. Well, that's the you. point, isn't it? That's yeah. the point. If, if I were anything less than authentic, people wouldn't believe me as a dom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of person that we can learn from the best, somebody that is very grounded in who they are. And that's you, Jenny. Yeah, I'm, I'm so thrilled to have had a chance to have you on my show. And I met you like way back, what was it, like three years ago yeah, or so? Almost three, the, almost was it the New ago. Media Summit? Yeah, it was the very first New Media Summit in right. September of 2017. So that's my stupid human trick. I can remember where I met people. Mm. And the other 40 icons of influence who were there. And I'm just sitting here going, oh my God, I'm talking to Bruce Langford. Oh my God, I'm talking to Bruce Langford. <laughs> I loved that event. I had so much fun there. I loved it. I loved meeting everybody on that in the personal way that we did, you know, the mm -hmm. way they did it. It was not easy, you know, no. with, with all that, you know, going around sort of doing the meeting everybody individually. But it was so much fun because I love the one-on-one -on -one meetups. It was really phenomenal. And I love how they shifted their process for the second one. It made life so much easier because I don't know if you remember the pitch fest I from do. the first one. I do. Oh, y'all were stuck in a room. I felt so bad for you guys. <laughs> it was oh. crazy. <laughs> but then the new method, given that there are so many podcasters who go to New Media Summit who are sitting in the audience. Yes. 
you know, so you have an opportunity to connect with people. So I ended up getting booked on just as many podcasts from participants as icons of influence. And that was just an awesome opportunity. It really was. And that really showed me the power of podcasting. And so that's how I ended up creating my own podcast. And maybe someday I'll be able to go be an icon of influence and and help someone with their podcast. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for all your wisdom and your insight and just for spending the time to talk with me. I'm sure, Mindful Tribe, that you've enjoyed every minute of this. Thank you so much again. Oh, no, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Like I said, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm here with Bruce Lakeford. <laughs> like <laughs> internally having a little bit of fangirl moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you stay safe and have a great weekend and uh, all the best to you, Jenny. Same to you, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. Hey, my guests always mention about a favorite mindfulness-related book. And I've put the top 12 books together, all the info about them, their names and, and links that you can click into a small free ebook that you can download. Go to mindfulnessmode.com slash top 12 books for your free download. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.